The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. Now in the Underdog Sports Fantasy Hour, I am Josh Dunn, and I am surprisingly joined, as always, by Anshu Khanna, the new father in town. Anshu, how are you? How's my boy doing? It's great to hear from you. Great to have you here. I didn't, ex- didn't expect to be blessed with your presence this week. Oh, wow. Blessed. I'm doing well, thanks. And, uh, hey, man, got to carve out a little time. It's always good to catch up with you. So this is the first time we've talked since... Uh, since the little man came up out into the world. And so, yeah, it's, it's great to be able to do kill two birds with one stone here, but yeah, doing well. And um, it's great because I can get all the fatherly advice from you being my dad. <laughs> yeah. What a, what a way to put a bow on 2020. I mean, we needed some, we needed some positive news, not only on this podcast, but in the sports world, you know, this kid's going to be a legend. Uh, I assume he'll be uh, the next, uh, franchise quarterback of the Green Bay Packers to follow oh. Aaron Rodgers a few, de- few years down the road. So <laughs> That sounds good to me, man. I mean, I thought you were going to go the tennis route since uh, both the hosts on this show played a little bit of that. I, I would take that, too. You know, fewer yeah. concussions. He won't learn how to be good, good enough at it to be, uh, to be making money off of it for me, I can tell you that. <laughs> but nonetheless, <laughs> it is Thanksgiving week. We've got a huge slate of games this week. We're going to kind of touch on uh, the big storylines from last week as we go through the games, change it up a little bit. We know it's Thanksgiving week. We know, you know, hopefully some of you are going to be able to spend time with your families. I know that the year's circumstances are making it difficult to do that, but hopefully you are able to do it. We already had one game postponed. That's uh, the Baltimore Ravens and Pittsburgh Steelers game that was supposed to be Thursday night football on Thanksgiving. Now that's going to be postponed to Sunday, we hope, depending on uh, whether or not there's going to be more cases that come up. But the Ravens had a bunch of people on their staff, basically their backfield and uh, a few defensive players that tested positive. So uh, the game's postponed. It's the first one we've had postponed in a few weeks. But uh, if everything holds Aside from that game being bumped back to Sunday, we should have a full slate of games this weekend, Anshu. So what do you say we run through it? We're looking at BovadaSportsBook.com for all the lines here as we walk through each game. We're going to talk about fantasy and and, uh, betting, and uh, that's all I got, Anshu. What do you think? Yeah, it sounds great. Uh, It'll be fun that we do have a full slate. It kind of sucks, like just at a high level, that you know there are some buys that are going to happen in what looks like the in what normally is the last week of fantasy regular seasons, and. You know, you look at guys like Christian McCaffrey and, you know, there are other teams, obviously, with important situations for buys. So this this week takes on a huge amount of importance if you've got guys like that and you need a win. Absolutely. So let's start with the um, Thursday night or Thursday, I should say, Thanksgiving games. There's only two of them, as I alluded to, Anshu, but we've uh, we've got the start of the day here with the Houston Texans at the Detroit Lions. Detroit always seems to be here on on Thanksgiving and and generally speaking, tends to play pretty well, but they're not looking great of late. I mean, I know Matthew Stafford's dealing with injury. They're not going to have Kenny Galladay or Danny Amendola in this game. Uh, They may get DeAndre Swift back. He's still questionable with the concussion, but they come in as three-point 
home underdogs on Bovada. Mm-hmm. 51's the line. Houston coming off a big win against the Patriots to pretty much, well, maybe not completely, but almost knock them out of playoff contention. How do you see this one shaking out? Man, the Texans are a tough team to figure out. But if you take out that really weird weather game against Cleveland two weeks ago, I mean, their offense has been humming without Bill O'Brien, which is such an incredible, you know, devastating blow when you think of O'Brien's future, like, coaching possibilities. But, yeah, like, I mean, they, they hang, you know, four, three, four, five touchdowns every single week um, unless they were playing in that game against Cleveland in the rain. So I, I really like the Texans here. I think the over is an interesting thought. Although, again, with like you said, with Galladay and Amendola out, I mean, how are they going to score? The Texans' defense does look like it's got quite a bit of pride. They've only given up 27 points combined in the last two weeks. So um, I, I do I like the Texans. I, I hate betting against the home dog on Thanksgiving, especially in a weird early game. But I do think Houston's got what it takes to, to knock off the, the Lions here. I think the DeAndre Swift situation is is huge here. I think if he plays, that that totally changes the landscape for the Detroit Lions offense. I know he was really good a couple weeks ago uh, when he kind of uh, cemented himself as the RB1 there in Detroit after it being uh, running back by committee for most of the season, and he looked great doing it. So I think if he plays, that definitely moves the needle for me uh, with Detroit. I, I might tease it up a half a point to get it the, to the three um, and feel comfortable about it. But I think if he plays, Detroit can certainly cover a three and a half points here. Um, but right. yeah, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Houston win, especially kind of with that momentum coming off of last week. But I think the story for me there is the running back position as well. We thought Duke Johnson was going to come in and at least provide some PPR value. And he has just been non-existent in this offense, even with them scoring a bunch of points. Yeah. It seems like when O'Brien left, it just became Deshaun Watson, de facto offensive coordinator, and he is tossing the ball all over the yard. My boy Randall Cobb is out for them, but they're they're finding ways to get the ball to a lot of different players. And, you know, I think maybe the most underrated player in the last six to eight weeks of this season has been Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks is like, has taken over for Will Fuller. He's, his floor is super high. Now, when you think of Cooks, you think of like this, you know, very volatile player. But for the Texans, that hasn't been the case. I mean, he's scoring touchdowns or catching five balls a game pretty much every game. And you know, we know how talented he is. He's just a guy we've all got like sort of fatigue about because of his name. And um, and he's been you know. banged up a lot this early this year. So I think him being healthy mm-hmm. probably has a lot to do with why he's been so much more successful of late. True, true. And to say, you know, new offense, getting used to playing with Watson, but he seems to be a perfect fit there. And yeah, I mean, I think that if you've got Cooks, you got to be feeling pretty good about starting him every week. I mean, he's been he's been better than Fuller really since week five or so when he when Fuller was really blowing up. Yeah, surprisingly, still a pretty pretty solid receiving core, even losing Hopkins as uh, the season's wearing along. So, mm-hmm. yeah, the, the, not not the best game to start the slate on Thanksgiving, but the second game not great either. So hopefully, <laughs> uh, hopefully, you eat enough turkey that the trip to fan starts to kick in because these two games might be uh, you know snooze fests. Uh, here on Thursday. But uh, the second game is going to be Washington, the football team taking on the Cowboys in Dallas in Jerry World. Uh, Cowboys are three-point favorites on Bovada. 46 is the line here. And, you know, for me, Anshu, obviously Washington wins. You know, we had the Burrow injury last week. We all saw it. It's, it's really unfortunate. You know, I hate it, obviously, as a Bengals fan. You know, it really kind of kills my, my vibe as far as uh, this football season goes. But the, the former Bengals quarterback, Andy Dalton, Played really well. I mean, he started shaky last week in a game against the Vikings that they end up winning. Uh, but in that second half, he he leads into a few really, really solid drives. He throws the, the game-winning touchdown to Dalton Schultz on that last drive. And really, Dallas kind of in position now, if they can win this game, 
to potentially win this division. I know we talk about it all, you know, going back and forth, and obviously the Giants will play the Bengals, which, which we'll get to. But if Dallas can beat Washington here at home, I don't know. I just – I don't – the Eagles – don't, don't seem like they're going to win many more games to me. And the Giants, you know, even though they'll win this weekend, obviously, uh, I just I still don't believe in them, even though a lot of people are starting to. Yeah, I, I'm completely with you. I know last week we talked about the, the Giants sort of stepping up and getting that big win against the Eagles. But how, again, how big of a win was that? Because the Eagles are so, so off and on and mostly off. Yeah, I, I think that the winner of this game is in the driver's seat at four and what four and seven which is so pathetic um to win that division and uh yeah i mean this is a big game randomly even though both teams clearly aren't very good i i think that the cowboys may have found something i mean i picked the vikings and survivor last week which was a dagger but um you know it off the bye it did it did seem like there was a re-establishing of of zeke elliott in the you know in what they were expecting in the offense and andy dalton seemed to be a lot more solid and you know he was funneling the ball to Amari Cooper which I think is smart great catch by CD Lamb in the end zone that game too I, I mean we know they have the talent to be a good offense and you know when you comp them to the to Washington I mean it's like it's like night and day but you know Washington's unsexy players that front on defense um, has enough I think to give the Cowboys problems so I'm, I have no idea how this game is going to go which is a theme of the entire season for you know, for the NFC East, but I'm, I'm interested to see. I, my, I guess my hunch is that the Cowboys keep the momentum going from last week. Yeah, I think that's, you know, probably going to be the general consensus. But Andy Dalton, I mean, I know it's not a primetime game, but uh, you have a national <laughs> audience watching. And I just, you know, I, I don't know how confident I feel in that, especially coming mm-hmm. off of a game where he did play relatively well. He's not exactly a guy that uh, often strings games together. So that's the only concern I have going up against a solid defense and, more importantly, a solid defensive front that could put pressure mm-hmm. on him. Uh, with the not-so-great Dallas Cowboys offensive line. So those are going to be the, the, the interesting storylines to watch in this game, and I agree with you, Ancho. I'm staying away from this betting-wise, but there certainly is some fantasy relevance to it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, again, I, I think Zeke is the key. If they decide that they're going to get Zeke involved, I, I and you, uh, you know, that front, like you mentioned, for Washington against this offensive line, which has taken a big hit this year, I mean, I'm not sure if Zeke is going to be able to get going, but finding ways to generate touches for him is so important to them because whether it's in the short passing game or whatever, because he is their best player, you know, and, um, you know, without that, like they even against a team that doesn't have a lot of talent like Washington, I, I just don't see them winning. Agreed. All right, well, let's move on to Sunday, the games that matter, or the games that we want to watch, I should say. Um, let's <laughs> let's start out with the Raiders and Falcons. Uh, a lot of injury storylines to watch here for, for Atlanta. Uh, you know, obviously the Raiders coming off that tough loss. Uh, they, they, they really had that game, and they were in it the whole time against the Chiefs. Obviously, it would have been an opportunity to sweep the best team in football, in my opinion. I know that, I know the Steelers are still undefeated, but I will never say they're the best team in football. I don't <laughs> care if they go 16-0. and 0. Uh, but the Raiders, I, I will say the Raiders are for real. I know their defense is pretty bad, and Atlanta could exploit that, especially if healthy. But we don't know if Julio's going to play. Todd Gurley's nursing a knee injury. We don't know what he'll do. Um, but it, you would think that this is going to be a high-scoring game, and, and obviously Bovada agrees 55 points is the number. That's one of the highest ones of the week, Ooh. if not the highest. I'm, the Raiders I'm are the so favorite on the road, three points. I'm so impressed with the Raiders. Like I, I, you know, I just don't get how they're doing it. I I don't like, they have some talented individual pieces, but you know, none of them have been particularly productive minus, you know, Waller's of course been the second best tight end in football this year. 
um, by default, maybe, but still really good. And then Derek Carr, 19 to three touchdown to interception ratio is wild to me. I mean, MVP been, candidate. MVP candidate. You brought it up early, like th- earlier this season. Like, I mean, we're only, what, two years removed from him maybe having that MVP cemented if he doesn't get injured late in that season. The Raiders were a real contender. That team was definitely better than this one, I think. But they're showing signs of, you know, really coming together, I think. And yeah, like you said, I mean, if if anyone can keep it that close over two games with the Chiefs, you've got my attention. And, um, you know, this reminds me of, I can't remember the game that was earlier this year where it was like one of these teams finds a way to win and one finds, it to, finds a way to lose. I think it was a Chargers. It might have been the Chargers against the Raiders, too. I can't remember. But the Chargers always find a way to choke it at the end. And while the Falcons have played better, they're the kind of team, like, the Raiders are just finding ways. And even though it doesn't make sense to me, like, when you look at the names, they're just a better team right now. So it's really hard for me to pick the Falcons just based on that alone. Yeah, it's it, it's just one of those games that you, you wouldn't be surprised to see the Falcons kind of clunk their way through and win it. Um, mm-hmm. But but again, if not if if they're not if they're not healthy, I, I don't particularly give them much of a chance. Like if Julio oh, did great. practice limited today here on Wednesday, um, Gurley was out, but it sounds like it's just a rest day for the veteran. If those two guys, for whatever reason, weren't able to play, that changes the narrative for me. But I, I think Vegas, like to your point, I think they're just the better team right now, even though their defense is still suspect. Uh, I think they could do enough to beat Atlanta, or they should. Uh, so yeah, I agree with yeah. you there. All right, let's let's move on to our next contest: the Chargers and the Bills. You just were talking a little bit about the Chargers, uh, Bills. You know, coming off a bye, um, the, the the Bills obviously have a lot of weapons, aren't you? We we talked about that. We expected their defense to be better coming into the season. It really hasn't been, um, but they they kind of this this to me. I know I said it with Denver last week and in, in Miami. This kind of to me feels a little bit like a trap game, just because that Chargers offense has been so good. You know, Keenan Allen had a, a career high in receptions last week. He's been amazing. You had Mike Williams have a big game, and you're supposed to get Austin Eckler back potentially this week as well. I mean, Justin Herbert's gonna win Rookie of the Year now with Burrow going down. I just this to me feels like a trap game. I know it's in in uh, New York. I know it's in Buffalo, but I just feel like the Chargers can come in, even though they're coming across country, and beat this Bills team. Bovada and, and the world doesn't agree. Five and a half is the, the spread for the the home Bills, but I don't know. I expect to see a lot of fireworks in this one, a, a high scoring game. And if you've got any good guys on this on these two teams, aside from the Bills running backs, because I can't stand that backfield, I'd fire them up. Yeah, I. I, I'm not going to try to argue with you on calls after that amazing Denver-Miami call. I mean, to me, like, I looked at that line, and it was just, how do I explain away how Miami is going to kill Denver? And you just completely picked that out. So kudos to you. I, I mean, this this game to me, I like, I, again, have that same lean. Like, the Bills off the bye, I feel like, you know, the Chargers have to cr- travel cross-country, as you mentioned. And I just don't give them much of a chance. Like, they did not look great against the Jets, especially defensively, to your point. And, you know, so to me, like, I, I don't like their chances of going, especially in probably a cold-weather game for Herbert. But, you know, he played in some crappy-weather games in college, and, you know, he's been amazing, as you said. So it's hard for me to I, – like, I see what you're saying. I think my lean is, again, the Bills. Um, but five-and-a-half is not a, a short amount of points in a fanless stadium. So – um, and, you know, the Bills have been very inconsistent at times, too. Like, they've definitely choked some games away. They're by no means world beaters. So I can see it going either way. I, I guess my, my hunch is the, the Bills here. Take the over and the five and a half points for the Chargers. Okay. That's, I got the over. That's going to happen. The over for sure. Yeah. <laughs> 
The Bills might win, but it's it, I think that that the Chargers should cover this one. All right, let's yeah. let's get this one out of the way. This is uh, the dumpster fire of the week, aren't you? We've got the we yeah. got the Giants coming into Cincinnati to take on the lowly Bengals, and it just it just keeps getting worse. We lost Burrow. We alluded to that a little earlier. Uh, the Giants six point favorites on the road. You would never. I mean, just looking at that line, it's just hilarious to me. Uh, lowest, I think it's the lowest number of the week at forty three as well. So mm. the Bengals are a joke at this point. I mean, without Burrow, you know, they, the Finley comes in, goes three of 10 looks just atrocious. The, the line Horrible. like forgot how to block when he came in. Now they're looking to Brandon Allen potentially to start Zach Taylor. I watched his press conference right before we recorded. He said, he's not ready to name a starter. And he's like smiling. Like he's got some like secret up his sleeve. Like we already know who you're starting and <laughs> nobody cares. It's completely irrelevant who you're starting. He keeps saying like, he keeps saying that the Burrow injury uh, it's, it's, it, that's how life goes. This, this, this stuff happens. That's part of, that's part of life. That's how it goes. Like, dude, shut up, take some accountability. You're the one that put this line up there to block for him. They're horrible. And you, you just, that's how it goes. You, you just let your quarterback get a, a, a horrible injury. And then you just say, that's how it goes. I can't get behind Zach Taylor. He needs to get fired. They need to blow up this team. The, the, the report came out from Sports Illustrated that the whole coaching staff is at odds with the locker room, and it's worse than a college locker. I just can't with this team mm-hmm. right now. And then today I, you find out that uh, – which you so uh, eloquently were able to, to take advantage of, that Gio Bernard has a concussion, potentially in practice today, which if that's the case – Think back to DeAndre Swift last week. He's probably yeah. not going to play this weekend. So you already have the worst offense in the NFL with one of the worst two quarterbacks in the NFL, and now you're going to potentially not have your second-string running back, which then would mean Samaje Pirine ends up running the ball for you. So, I mean, New York Giants have an opportunity to step into a good position in the division. They're going to. They're going to cover the six. They'll probably score over 43 by themselves. <laughs> I, yeah, I think the, the over is not a bad call, though the Giants like really play slow. And you got to think with Brandon Allen, the, the Bengals are going to play slow too. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I just. But, I but wait, even... he has a relationship with Zach Taylor because he was on the practice squad of the. I just. The, the storylines are yeah. absurd. It's. I do. I. All right. Well, we texted, we texted about this. I like. One of the last fleeting memories I saw before uh, the child came into the world was Joe Burrow that injury and it was it was just heartbreaking like for you for Stowe for all you guys and and for me also obviously as a bro owner but like you know just from a Bengals perspective you finally get that guy and you know now next season like he'll definitely play but it's just when and you know the only I think the silver lining to me and it's hard to find one is that they 1000% need to prioritize putting an offensive line around them that they just like they constantly made excuses for. I mean, they constantly made excuses for the, the offensive line coach, for the people in there. They were making ridiculous statements, Zach Taylor specifically, about how well some of them were playing and how little credit they get. And it's just like such bullshit, you know? Like it's just, a, it's so annoying to see that publicly. And, you know, I, I it's like, I didn't know about the, the like smiling and picking the guy, the new quarterback. I mean, dude, you're going to get fired or I mean, you should, he won't. who knows if the they, owner they, will they, they, The story came out after the game that his job is not in jeopardy. They'll keep him for another year. The Bengals don't fire people after two years, like the normal franchise in the NFL. They just won't. It's just, I mean, I don't, I don't know how many times I said it to you, but I know in our, our, our Bengals group chat that I have with a few of our buddies, um, I said all year, it's a matter of time before Burrow gets a season ending injury. I mean, yeah. I've said yeah. that every single week 
to anybody who asks me about the Bengals because everybody does after they lose. Oh, Bengals this weekend. It's like, yeah, I know. They suck. Well, like, what do you want me to say? They're horrible. I was, and they're like, well, at least you got Burrow. Promise you he's going to get hurt before the end of the season. Sure enough, here we yeah. go. He tears every ligament in his knee. Uh, the, the, the road to recovery is not going to be an easy one. You're right. He'll be back. But, you know, whatever mobility he have, had could be at risk. I mean, we saw it with Deshaun Watson his rookie year. He came back and, you know, he was able to be successful. So I'm not ruling out that, that Joe Burrow comes back better than ever. But if we don't go out and get Panay Sewell from Oregon and, or, and f- mm. somehow end up in the top five picks and have the tackle that we need to anchor that line, because Jonah Williams, he's not the answer. He comes back in this game, and, and he, I think he was the reason that this play even happened. So, mm. I, you know, it's just – it's unfortunate. You know, you hate to see it, um, but it, it's not – I'm not surprised at all. I, I'm surprised it took this long, to be honest. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I watched the Bengals probably the second most of any team, and it's like – it's it, you're right. Like there's just, he's always under duress. There's never a clean pocket for him ever. And, you know, and it's fine if there's, you know, it, it was expected that they're not going to be like a top five offensive line. Although, you know, they should have made every effort to try to build something around them, um, you know, it, it, to protect their one giant investment and in asset. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like, you know, hopefully this leads to that. And, you know, the truth is with Burrow, there was no chance they'd have a shot at Sewell because they would just have been, they would have been winning, as you saw a couple of weeks ago, they would have been winning games they probably, like, shouldn't if they wanted to get that kind of pick. So, I mean, I know you're not a tank guy. I, I, and it's I am now. I mean, I, how can you, <laughs> well, I, even if I wasn't a tank guy, which I still want to see the Bengals do well, which they won't. And honestly, if they didn't move on from Finley after seeing him last year and then, the, uh, you know, last week, I, I don't even I don't even think I would have watched the game this weekend. I have no interest in watching Ryan Finley come out and, you know, throw 30% of his passes to completion and, and not do anything with dump, dump down and, and get sacked 10 times. I just I have no interest in that, at least at least with Brandon Allen. Like, yeah, he's still really bad, but at least you have a guy with some experience that, you know, he, I, I bet this game is, is you know, I know I said I jokingly said that the Giant, Giants would score 40 three points by themselves, but I, I, I bet, you know, the Bengals are within 20 points, you know, two touchdowns. I obviously mm-hmm. the line suggests they will be, but it's not going to be like a 35 to, to three game or something like that. No, there's I just mean, too many weapons. Yeah, I, I mean, care. even, even with the injuries, there's just still too many weapons at receiver for the Bengals to be that bad. Yep. I agree. Um, but there's, you know, there's stuff to look for. There's still like a lot of young and new pieces and really like you should be looking at this as a chance to evaluate Taylor in my mind. Like, if he can do – they can do anything with Brandon Allen, then, you know, maybe you've got, like, a little something. Maybe you give him more credit. Because right, right now, when you watch the Bengals, I think you have to give Burrow, like, almost all the credit for any success they've had. Uh, like, you know, Burrow and then that receiving core. So, it'll be interesting to see if they're able to do anything against, you know, a Giants team that plays pretty hard defensively and is underrated. Um, but, like, you know, we'll see how it goes the rest of the year. And mercifully, uh, he – like – Thank God it happened this week and not like three or four weeks from now, honestly, which is sad to say. But like, had he blown it in like week 14 or 15, you might be looking at missing, you know, half of next season. Yeah, and he still might not be ready for the beginning of next year. So we'll see. I mean, it could be a nine month. It could be a 12 month recovery. It's just there's there's a lot of ligaments in there that were that were damaged. So let's move on. Uh, That's enough of that. Uh, Let's go to Titans Colts. Uh, So the line was pulled on Bovada for this one, but I've seen it at three Favoring Indianapolis, I think they pulled the line because Philip Rivers didn't practice today. Uh, I, I assume he'll still play, but obviously we see this from time to time. And I've seen the over under at fifty one 
elsewhere. So, I mean, obviously Indianapolis took care of the Titans the last time they played. I know, you know, when, we, when you and I talked about that game leading up to it, the Thursday night game, we both wanted or expected the Titans to win, but we were cautiously optimistic that it would happen. But the Titans coming off a big win against Baltimore that I didn't see coming. I was watching mm-hmm. it with my brother who is a Titans fan. And, you know, they, they fought their way back and played a really good second half. And Derrick Henry had most of the damage that he did on the ground last week was in the second half and obviously had the big overtime run. But I, I don't know, aren't you? These two teams, both seven and three, this could mean the division here in this game. How do you see this one going? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's uh, too, you know, I know you've, you've really criticized the AFC South. We both found it to be very up and down, but these two teams are emerging as basically locks in the AFC to make the playoffs at least. I mean, I, you know, watch the Packers against the Colts for the majority of that game. It was that, that Colts defense is good, even though they gave up a bunch of points. Like, they are really, really solid. They actually remind me quite a bit of the Ravens from last year in terms of their defense, for sure. So they're they're fast and they're really strong in the middle with Darius Leonard. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that it's going to be a, a really interesting game. But like you mentioned, I mean, it is their Henry season. And um, although this front is pretty good, I, I just don't know who can slow him down when he gets rolling downhill like that. So um, as long as A.J. Brown's healthy, which it, uh, it didn't look great for him. He's been banged up a lot this year. Um, if he's healthy, you know, and they're able to get him the ball, even against Xavier Rhodes, like I like their chances. And remember, we watched this game, what, last Thursday, I think, right? It was like two times in three weeks. There's some weird scheduling oddity where they're, they're playing multiple times in a very short amount of time. Um, only thing, yeah, only I, place I, you ever see something like that is uh, our fantasy league where, oddly, like every, <laughs> every team's playing the second opponent two weeks in a row, which is so stupid. But It's so ridiculous. Yeah, it's so dumb. Um, but, yeah, that's – Neither here nor there. Uh, yeah, I, I think that, uh, yeah, I, I like the Colts, though. I think that they're, you know, even though they, they're they the one team that has been able to kind of, like, contain Henry at times. And then I just think that, it, you know, even without Phil Rivers, I think that they're able to throw the ball a little bit with Brissett. And you saw last week against the, against the Packers, they use Brissett quite a bit. They use him, you know, in pretty much any any yardage under two just to give hey, it's, a, it's just way. hilarious to me. Like they, they pull out rivers to do a QB sneak. So, so absurd rivers. He's... It's like, that reminds me of like the Lester, like can't throw out a first, <laughs> yeah, you know, like yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a great point. That's a great absurd. comment. Yeah, it is. It is absurd. Rivers still has it a little bit though. Um, but yeah, I mean, Brissett, I think they would, they would prefer Brissett at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is a big game. That's one of the games of the week. Uh, it is in Indy. We'll see how it goes. Uh, let's move on to Panthers at Vikings. Now these are, this is an interesting game fantasy wise, but also, you know, the Vikings really tough loss last week. I mean, they, they sure. needed that Dallas when they've been on it. They were on a three game win streak. You know, they have Dalvin cook looking like the best player potentially in the NFL. Really. I mean, he's, he just, he just looks so damn good when he's healthy running yeah. the football. I actually watched some of that game on repeat today. It was just in the background on the NFL network and just, I mean, even in the runs where he only gains four yards, it's just like, like he'll get the edge and make something out of nothing. Uh, but it's not Vi- a good offensive line either. You're right. He, 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 he creates chicken salad. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So the Vikings three and a half point favorites at home on Bovada, Carolina. It looks like they're going to be without Christian McCaffrey. I mean, it makes sense to, to keep him out with the bye coming up next week. Um, and they, they should get – it looks like they will get Teddy Bridgewater back. So uh, the question here with is with the Vikings is, is Adam Thielen going to play? He's coming off a big game, but he's on the COVID list. If he tests positive, I believe Saturday, I think he's good to go. But uh, either way, I mean, Justin Jefferson's looked great. Uh, but this is a kind of an interesting game. There's just a lot of fireworks here fantasy-wise. Obviously, neither team's really – 
in the playoff picture unless the Vikings can string off five or six wins to, to end out the year. But, uh, I, I mean, I think there's enough here to keep you interested if you're a fantasy football player, especially going into the playoffs. Agreed. And, I mean, the Panthers are still playing, man. Like, even without Teddy Bridgewater, without Christian McCaffrey, they go and shut out the Lions, who were, like, semi-alive. Like, I mean, that that was impressive to me. Um, and so I think that, you know, they – the, the Vikings, you're right. That's that's the kind of loss that you're like, oh, man, how do we ever recover from that? Um, but you're right. They basically have to win five of six, five of six if not all six the rest of the way. So it's going to be really tough for them. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I like Carolina to cover at least here just because Bridgewater is a little better than P.J. Walker, although Walker apparently had a great second half. Um, yeah, I like him. He's got zip. Yeah. He's got he's got a little moxie. I like him too. He's he's like exactly the kind of backup quarterback you want. You know, like wait, you don't want Ryan Finley or Brandon Allen? <laughs> it's a joke. No, <laughs> I take I would oh, take man. Will Greer over either of those two clowns. All right, sorry. Oh, yeah. I need to I need to yeah. let it go. No, you don't. I don't blame you. I honestly said this week just sign Kaepernick. You might as well. Yeah. You have nothing to lose. Give the team some positive press. You know. Try to save your job if you're Zach Taylor, which I, I actually don't want that to happen. But, like, <laughs> yeah, why not? Exactly. He's tried out for you. They were in the running to get him. They were favored at one point to get him. Just go sign him. But anyway, yeah. back to P.J. Walker. Someone who can run a little. Yeah, yeah, I don't disagree. Or trade for – or, I mean, sign one of these guys off a of practice squad that can run a little bit, you know. I've always thought that your backup quarterback should be a runner because the reality is you're you're basically screwed if your quarter your starter is done unless you're, like, the Bears – and yeah, so the team's going to zero you, in on the run because that's all you have at yeah, that point generally. Exactly. So you get a guy like PJ Walker or someone who can like, you know, give you the threat of running the ball. And then you take another guy that has to spy him. And I, I mean, I just never, I'll never understand why that's not most teams back up. But anyways, um, yeah, this game, my GM know, right I, there. That's my GM. <laughs> yes, sir. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think the Vikings are dead for the record. Yeah, I think so too. And I know you would like that if that was if that were to become true. So we'll give it to you for now. All right, let's go right. to uh, Cardinals Patriots. Man, the Patriots, another team that lost a tough one last week. So uh, the second team in a row we're talking about that dropped to four and six. They needed it against the Texans. I know we already talked about it, but that was a game they needed. And I just don't expect the Cardinals to come into New England uh, to Gillette Stadium and, and lay an egg. Obviously, they've they've you know kind of been up and down. They're still six and four, but they they need this game about as much as the Patriots do if they're going to stay in contention for that division. I, I just again we talked about uh, you know the fireworks and fantasy. Patriots lose Rex Burkhead, which you know that's a that's a blow, but they're going to get Michelle back. It should help Damian Harris's touches. You know if we're talking mm. fantasy, which you know I don't know that's been hit or miss too. But the Cardinals. They, they, they need a win coming in, and, and the Patriots need a win just to stay alive. So I, I don't know. I, I, I could see this going either way. Um, I, the, the Bovada's got the Cardinals as road favorites, two and a half, 49 and a half to the line. I, I don't know. It's, I, this is a toss-up for me, aren't you? I agree. I, I think that, you know, this is the one matchup. Like, I, the Cardinals are clearly the better team in my mind, like not even close really. But when you take them out of Arizona and you send them across the country and the weather's going to suck, I'm sure, and – you know, you've got a, a pretty tough defense that's still very alive. They are still very alive. And, um, you know, I, I don't know. I don't like the matchup, basically. And I really don't like being road favorites against that specific team and that specific coach. So I think I lean towards the Patriots here. Um, wow. Not that I think that they're any good, but yeah, I think so. So I assume you think Gilmore is going to shut down DeAndre Hopkins. I, I think that, you know, that that's part of it. And I just like, 
Kyler in this, you know, you know that weather's going to suck. I just like, I, I want to see it before I believe in it. Cause I think that, you know, 52 degrees and sunny right now on AccuWeather. Okay. Well, yeah, if that's it, then it's, it's possible that he, they get it done. I think this is a totally weather dependent game. If I, if we wake up and you know, you've got that, that picture of like a rainy shitty Gillette stadium, like I'm, I'm going with the Patriots. I just, the, the Houston game uh, to me is kind of a, it's too, too telling. Cause I think the Cardinals are a much better mm-hmm. version of, of the, the Houston Texans, like similar That's team, similar, yeah. like similar defensively. Obviously I would say the Cardinals are slightly better, even though their secondary has been very hit or miss at times. And I kind of hate it. Um, but I, I just see that two teams as, as very similar mobile quarterback, you know, stars at receiver. Um, I, I don't know. I just, I just don't mm-hmm. think, I don't think the Patriots will have enough. I, I could see, I, I wouldn't be, floored if they ended up coming coming in and winning this home game just because you, you never you never expect to see them down and out and I think this game losing would put them down and out but yeah. I, I don't have a lot of confidence and I think this is a, obviously it doesn't have number 12 there but it's a different Patriots team than any Patriots team in the last decade it's true it's very very true um yeah I mean the Patriots are so hit or miss to me and yeah, I, I I hear you. That's a that's a really good point about the Texans being like a lesser version of the Cardinals. But that game was also in Houston. And if this was in Arizona, I'm I'm taking Arizona all day. I guess my point is just like I'm not sure how well they're going to have to. They're basically going to have to like if the bat, weather's bad, they're going to have to run the ball. And I don't like the Cardinals' chances if that's gonna if that's the case. If they can't like smoothly pass the ball over the yard, they're not quite the same team. And also, by the way, like as we saw a million times on that Thursday night game, how is Kyler Murray's AC joint going to be in this game? Might be a, might be a factor. Good point. Yeah. I mean, his zip was definitely uh, reduced in, in mm-hmm. that, uh, in that game. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the division rivalry. Everybody's looking forward to, and that's uh Oh my God. I can't believe I'm even saying that dolphins at jets, the jets, <laughs> the jets with an opportunity to get off the schneid, go from zero and 10 to one and 10. We know it's not going to happen on you, but the dolphins, you know, it, they're a little bit banged up too. They come in as seven point road favorites, you know, 44 and a half is the number on Bovada. Uh, but the Dolphins coming off that tough loss to Denver, I, I, I think that it's not going to be this game. I, the Jets might cover. I wouldn't be surprised to see him cover. Darnold should play in this one. Uh, mm-hmm. But they do lose uh, LaMichael P. Ryan, who is going to IR with a high ankle sprain. Uh, you know, the Dolphins benching Tua last week. It sounds like he's dealing with a minor thumb injury, but he should be fine to play. I just, I, I don't believe in Tua. I've said this since he, you know, showed what he showed in his first start. And I know he bounced back in his second start. I just, I don't believe Tua can lead this Dolphins team to any playoff relevance. They might make the playoffs, but I just, I can't see them winning a playoff game. Now, that being said, this is the Jets. Let's come back down to earth. They're going to win. But I just, I don't know. I just, I wanted to use this time to talk about your thoughts about Tua. I, I mean, I think it's a really, you have been calling this out, even when he was playing well, in my mind, in the mind of pretty much everyone in the media. Like, I think that, you know, it was a great point. Like they, they are not, he's not been that good. Like his stats have been, been that good. They bench him, you know, like that's, that is as telling a sign as you'll see that down 10, you don't trust that guy. And, um, you know, they should get Gaskin back. I don't know if it's this week or next week, but it, it'll happen soon. Um, and that, you know, presumably will kind of change the, the picture of them. And I think that, you know, this game tees up really nicely for them in terms of the, you know, the style and the, the, um, script that they want to play but you're right like I mean in the playoffs when they have to play teams that can score a lot of points and defend pretty well I don't like their chances of maybe they steal a game somewhere along the line but I agree I think that they're 
they're in trouble with Tua this year. Um, and, and, you know, I just don't know. I, I like, I like Tua. I want to believe that, you know, they'll find a way to, to use him, maximize his ability. But if you're, if this year is a tryout for him, I don't, I don't really know if a benching in his third or fourth start is a, is a great start for that. Brian Fitzpatrick had, I believe it was more yards or very close to more yards on, a, on one drive to end the game that ends in an interception in the end zone than Tua had in over three quarters in that game. Which that's, that's kind of the difference there. You have, you have your gunslinger who's going to make mistakes. I mean, that's, that's the microcosm of those two quarterbacks, right? Tua, you're getting mm-hmm. somebody who's going to, you know, not see the field as, as well and doesn't have that experience. Uh, so it's going to make a lot of mistakes, but with Fitzpatrick, it's like your mistakes are interceptions with Tua. It's just misthrows and misreads and just not knowing the game as well. So it's what, what's the, the lesser of the two evils playing with a great defense and playmakers around you. I don't know. To me, it's Fitzpatrick mm-hmm. gives them a better better chance to win. But I I think the Dolphins stick with Tua the rest of the way, and they pay for it. Yeah. No. I I think you nailed it. And you know, calling the Denver game is one of the best calls I've I've seen. That was that was amazing. Um, but yeah, like you know, it's I think for a team like the Dolphins, you want to start a guy like Fitzpatrick that gives you a chance to beat teams that you you know shouldn't beat. But you know, I think there's. You, that's on the coach too. Like you have to know how good your team is. You know, you have to know what kind of look you guys have and, you know, who is going to bring out the most in that group, at least who, who raises the ceiling. And it's clear right now that Fitzpatrick's ceiling is just way higher for this season um, than, than Tua's is. Yeah, let's let's move on to Browns-Jags. So this, this 12 o'clock slate, I feel like there's 100 games that Jeez, we're going through yeah. here. Um, so <laughs> Browns-Jaguars, the Jaguars are – Yikes. I mean, they, they're going to start Mike Lennon now. Uh, obviously, oh, Jake Luton coming off of just a terrible performance against the Steelers, throwing three, four, four interceptions, and all of them were terrible. Uh, I mean, he looked bad. Obviously, he had that one game against Houston where, you know, you maybe feel a little bit good about drafting another rookie in the sixth round. You know, Gardner mm-hmm. Minshew's hurt. Maybe we let him rest the rest of the season and then draft a quarterback. You know, then Luton comes out and lays two eggs. Uh, it looks horrible, and now you're you're stuck with starting – Mike Glennon, who we know is not going to be good. The Browns' schedule really has been favorable for them. I mean, they're seven mm-hmm. and three, likely to be eight and three after this game, and they are not. I mean, Baker Mayfield is not very good. The running game is obviously probably one one of the, if not the best in the league when you when you factor in the two headed monster they have with Chubb and, and Hunt. But I just I, I don't know. I don't I don't like this Browns team. Kind of similarly to what we were talking about with the Dolphins and Tua. I just don't like them with Baker to do anything in the playoffs, even though they're probably going to go in with a decent seating. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're going to be an obvious fade in the playoffs. Uh, um, what, what did I see? Seven points, seven point favorites for, for the Browns on, uh, ooh. on Bovada. I mean, you got to hammer that just because like, honestly, I think Baker Mayfield could throw like three passes in this game and they cover that just with those two guys. And, you know, you've got a team on the other side. When you start Mike Lennon, that is like that Joke. is the biggest white flag move there's ever been. And I, besides you know, Brandon I Allen, <laughs> I would much rather. <laughs> I just keep Allen. going back to it. <laughs> it <is so> <laughs> oh, um, the Jaguars, like when they went to Green Bay in that really crappy weather game, like they they had a lot of juice in that game, and I know part of that was because Luton was coming off a better performance, as you mentioned with Houston. But you know now. You, you don't have that, and I just think that they're going to fade off. And I, I mean, maybe it's going to be a look at trap game type thing for the Browns, but I, I don't see that. They're they're bum slayers, and I expect them to slay this bum. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like I mean, without without Beckham, I like they 
their ceiling is so capped and they're, they're just an obvious, you know, mercenary team when it comes to the playoffs. Yeah, this could get ugly for the Jaguars uh, if it could get uglier than we've seen. Uh, let's just hope James Robinson continues to be productive. Yeah. We'll, we'll need him down the stretch. Uh, I think you own him too. Or no, you might have just traded him. Okay. Oh, I did. Yeah, good point. Good point. I did. For, I know your I know your teams as well as you do. I love that. You feeling <laughs> better right now. My my brain is mush. I'm sorry. I, hey, mean, so I should just start hiring you. Now. A new baby will do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. One other game in the 12 o'clock slate, at least for now. We don't know for sure when this game is going to be played, but we talked about it a little bit earlier. Ravens, Steelers, Steelers still 10 and 0. Ravens dealing with a big situation with COVID. And honestly, you know, after losing to the Titans, there's no guarantee the Ravens make the playoffs, but they got to have this one. Their schedule wow. opens up quite a bit after it. But I just, I, I feel like Lamar Jackson, you know, with the sophomore slump thing, teams have figured out ways to guard him. You know, you would expect that they'll be innovative and try to figure out ways next year. I just don't I don't think the Ravens are as good as we thought. The defense does not look as good as we thought, which is frustrating because that's really the strength of this team. And it's kind of, you know, been the Achilles heel, especially last week. Yeah, I oh man, I'm I was just so wrong about the Ravens all year. Like I just I keep waiting for Lamar Jackson to to hit his stride and you know, find a way, find something that works. And I will Jake J.K. Dobbins looked like he just completely took over, which Finally. we talked about last week. And, yeah, like that might be the one guy I, I thought that, you know, could potentially turn this thing around for them, like maybe open them up a little. And there's still time, like you said, that they're going to play a lot of really bad teams down the stretch. So they'll have the chance to kind of find what works a little bit. But is it going to be a false positive, you know? Like is it going to be the kind of thing that you think it's working, but then when you go to the playoffs and you play – you know, a defense like the Steelers or like the, you know, the, the Chiefs even to a certain extent, like, are they going to, is that going to work against them? I don't, I don't know. I, I, I feel like we've seen enough of the Ravens to know that they're not going to be a team that makes their run barring some kind of really odd hot stretch down the stretch. So um, I, yeah, I, I'm pretty much putting them in their grave unless they find a way to turn this around. And what the other interesting thing about this is remember if we find out that we, you know, a game has to be canceled because of COVID. Like, you know, we're going to have an 18 playoff then, right? This is the Steelers right now are very much in pole position to be the number one seed. A 17 playoff is super important for them. So if this game, some, you know, they're going to find every, do everything they can to make sure this game gets in, whether it's on Tuesday or whenever. And if it doesn't get played, the Steelers are it totally screws them because now they have to play that extra game. You hate to see it. Yeah. They, you know, maybe that's the Patriots, which is not a gimme game by any means. If they have to play an eight seed in the first round rather than getting a bye, I, I mean, would love it that. totally changes the, the tra- trajectory of both conferences. So something they're, to watch out for. They're just they're so good. They're just good. Their they defense are. is just really good. And I, you, I just. Best defense in the NFL, you think? I think so. Yeah. I don't I think, think it's too. particularly close right now. Yeah, Tampa. Tampa looks good, good at times. But... Colts is really good, but they're they've like they've all been like they've all shown a lot of weakness at times. And I, mm-hmm. the Steelers really haven't done that that much. Um, I I don't know. I I could see the Ravens winning this in 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 pretty much any other environment. But I I think going into Pittsburgh, you know, dealing with the COVID situation, it's going to be tough for them to overcome that hurdle in a must. Really, I, I think it's I think it's a must win for their 
playoff relevance. It's not a must win for them yes. to make the playoffs, but it's it's definitely a must win for their playoff relevance. And I just I don't think they're as good of a team. And I, I yeah. want I want to say that they are, and I want to say that they can win. And we don't even have a line to go with. But if even if the line was Steelers five and a half, six and a half, I I think I'd still say the Steelers, even in a tough rivalry game that you're used to seeing close. And we saw it close earlier this year. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I don't I don't see that unless Roethlisberger goes down or something. There's just oh. You know, which I don't know if you love hearing that. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's the only way, though. They, you're that's right. the only they way I like football again this year. <laughs> I mean, I think a Chiefs-Steelers matchup would be pretty pretty fun to watch. That'd give me something to root for, that's for sure. Yes. <laughs> uh, all right, let's bring it home. We've got three 3 o'clock slate games. I, I, I don't know why they wouldn't flex any of these. I hope they flex that Ravens-Steelers. Are there Ravens Steelers. the NFL this week, by It the seems way? like <laughs> it. I mean, we still have four games. I mean, we've got Saints-Broncos in the 3 o'clock slate. I mean, you would expect the Saints oh, to come fun. in and win. Taysom Hill looked – I don't know. He looked – Okay, I, I didn't look great throwing the ball, but he did what you expect him to do. Has over 50 rushing yards, has two rushing touchdowns, and honestly, probably a safer pick than Jameis would have been. So they come mm-hmm. off a big win, but the Broncos getting a big win as well, like we talked about a bunch. But uh, Drew Locke, not the quarterback of the future for this team. I Nor- agree. I- New Orleans is a big favorite on the road, as as I'm sure you could have guessed, but they're six-point yeah. six favorites on Nevada. I still like them to cover that. And, you know, this is Same. exactly what we're talking about with a backup quarterback. Like, I know Taysom Hill is, is you know, a super version of what we're talking about. But why not have a guy like that to come step in and, you know, give the defense something different to look at, you know? And so, I don't know. I think that that's, that's going to really benefit them. And I know that, you know, Sean Payton was doing the Mickey Mouse BS stuff by, like, waiting till the end of the week and all that. Like, you don't need to do that against the Falcons. But, um, you know, it, even though Vic Fangio is one of the better defensive minds in the league, I, like, I don't know what you do to sort of like slow down that. Like, it's just, even if you know what's coming, he's not a terrible passer. So, um, you know, you still got to worry about Michael Thomas. You still got to worry about all those guys out of the backfield and Jared Cook. And I don't know. I, I think that I don't see the Broncos having the horses to keep up with the Saints. Agreed. Michael Thomas finally getting involved. Jared Cook has had some quiet days, though. I actually, tight yeah. end wise, if you're fantasy desperate, I, he's, he's had. Uh, he had a goose egg, and I think he had one catch last week for like six yards. So yeah, he's due. He he's definitely due, but I, I, I dropped him. I didn't even want him as a backup. I, you know, anytime I see goose eggs in fantasy, it's like unless unless it's just an anomaly, it, that to me is like, all right, well, if he's not important enough to get the ball once, that's what like the A.J. Green syndrome. I, I just can't deal with that. That's that's just not, yeah. not somebody I want on my roster. All right, let's yep. go to Niners-Rams on shoe. There's a, a few Niners coming back. This week, potentially Raheem Mostert. It looks like Debo Samuel should be back. Uh, the Niners getting healthier, but they still have Nick Mullins as their quarterback, and the Rams looked excellent against the Buccaneers, especially Jared Goff. I know he had a couple big mistakes uh, on interceptions, but the one thing about the Rams, and I know we've talked about it ad nauseum, is the backfield is extremely frustrating per usual. Daryl Henderson has like six yards against the Bucs. Uh, Cam Akers, again, pretty much irrelevant, but has a, a wash-up touchdown. I don't know. I, I, I feel like, again, we've talked about the trap games. I, I just This division is one of those that you just never rule out another team in the division. I just don't – to me, it's like if, if Garoppolo is playing and I don't think Garoppolo is great, this game is certainly winnable by the Niners with what they're getting back. But I just – I don't trust Nick Mullins to go on the road and win a game. No, and I agree. I agree. The, the um, nation agrees too, by the way. So Rams seven-point favorites here. Ooh. Ugh. Man, I'm tempted to pick the Niners to cover that just because, and, you know, I should not do that based on how bad they've been with Nick Mullins, but. 
you know, feel more comfortable by. taking the over at 45. I like that. I do like that. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're, they like throwing the ball around. Um, the Rams do clearly. They're very comfortable with Jared Goff tossing the ball all over. And I, I thought that that matchup with Tampa was going to be a bad one for them. But, you know, they, they looked very good in that game. They, to me, look like the best team in the NFC. Um, I know when, when Drew Brees comes back, the Saints are going to have – you know, some different looks than anyone else can give, and they're pretty solid defensively. But I, I really like what I've seen out of the Rams. And, you know, they have the defense to carry them. They can play a lot of different ways. Um, but that being said, like, this is a game that, you know, it matters. But I, I think that it's a possibility that it's it's sort of like a look-ahead type trap game. And I, I could see that off the bye, the Niners just kind of, like, running the ball a ton and, and, you know, having a lot of different ideas for how to use Debo and Raheem Mostert. Um, the two guys you said are going to be activated and I could just see them kind of like messing up, messing up this game and making it a close kind of like rock fight a little bit. So I like the Niners to cover. Yeah. I don't hate that. I just, you know, again, it's, it's the Nick Mullins effect. I know he's shown signs at times and, and been okay. And the Rams are kind of a team that you, you, you can see some inconsistencies out of, especially coming off right. such a good performance. I wouldn't be surprised to have, see them kind of have a step down from that, but yeah, it's just tough for me to have confidence in saying that the Niners will cover a win. I I, mm-hmm. I could see it, and I, I I like the call. I just I don't have confidence. This is one of those games I don't I don't feel strongly enough either way to call it. But I do think the over is attractive. That's that's just such a low number yeah. for the Niners. I expect to be playing from behind. I know the Rams like to play, uh, you know, like to run the ball when they get in that rhythm. But I don't necessarily think they'll have a lot of success doing that against the Niners, similar to what we saw last week. Um, mm-hmm. All right, let's go to Chiefs Bucks. We're working our way through it. We've got a couple more Chiefs <laughs> Chiefs road favorites, three and a half. Uh, Buccaneers obviously need one, but um, might not be the game. Big number here, fifty six on Bovada. I just Tom Brady looks terrible. Uh, I don't know Ugh. if it's just he can't play when the sun goes down, but he did not look good last week. And this game it might get dark before it's over. Careful with the sun goes down, Joe. There, um, but yeah, no, I think <laughs> that uh, I, I, you know, Chiefs are, <laughs> these are pretty good. <laughs> Chiefs, they're actually like Good. kind of mirror images of each other with the speed on defense. Um, and, you know, like I, I – but you're right. Like Brady just cannot drive the ball down the field. I, I mean, he was trying like hell to get the ball to, to Antonio Brown and Evans. And, you know, just because of those guys, they can win any game against any team. We know that. But I, I like – I just – man, I'm out on the box. I think that they are – they're just – they're not the team that just smashed Green Bay for those three quarters of that game and – I like I, I'm just I'm selling. I, I don't think that they're that good. And you were I think that your initial instinct on Brady was absolutely on point. Like he he's just not the guy that he was. And he it, when you just can't throw a deep ball, like it's not that hard to stop a guy if you if you all you have to do is you know basically cover everyone within 20 yards. You know, like I mean you'll get some because of those three receivers that they have, but you know, those two running backs don't scare you at all. And I, you know, I don't know. I think that there's, I think that the Bucks are dead. I agree. I mean, and they do have the the great receiving core. I mean, even like all of those guys had good games, you know, Antonio Brown has 13 targets. Godwin has the touchdown, has a great bounce back game. And Mike Evans has a, a pretty through, solid yeah. game as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Gronk had opportunities, but didn't have, didn't put up numbers, but he, he even looked good uh, on a few of those. He caught one out of bounds close to the, the goal line as well. So I, I they have the weapons, but Brady is the the one that that I don't believe in, and I, yep. I you know, obviously that's crazy to think it is. It, that's you brought him there to win a Super Bowl, but some of those deep balls. I mean, honestly, like J- Jake Luton threw a better deep ball than than Tom yeah. Brady. I, I just I don't know. It's 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 bad, and and you know, this is the kind of game that 
a contender needs to win, even though it's against one of the best teams in the NFL. You're at home, again, back-to-back games at home against really good teams. You've got to win one of those two games to be a contender. And if you don't do it, which I don't assume they will, I just don't see you as a contender anymore. And it's because of Tom Brady. There's no other reason you can point to other than Tom Brady. The defense, you know, has slipped at times, uh, been good at times, but you can't rely on that when you have as many weapons as you do on the offensive side of the ball. But I do, I do expect this to be a shootout. 56 is the highest number this week. Uh, I do expect it to be a shootout. So hopefully Tom could at least put up points in this one. I think he will. I mean, fantasy wise, this is a blast. You've got, you start everyone. I think Watkins will be back. And that's good, if not for starting him, just because, like, it opens stuff up for other people. You saw the corpse of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire come back from the dead last week. Um, you know, I, I think that I, – I do think that all those guys are fun starts. And, you know, it's going to be frustrating. Someone's going to be pissed about, you know, one of the two running backs that they start or, or on the Buck side or one of the three receivers not getting theirs. It's not always going to look like it did last week. But it's hard to bench any of them just because of the tantalizing nature that – is, you know, a potential eight or 10 catch touchdown type game. All right, Anchu, it's getting close to Christmas time. And uh, I feel like one thing that you probably would have asked for is a, an opportunity to play against Mitch Trubisky again. Uh, <laughs> and and, and it, it looks like you might get that. Your Green Bay Packers are at home against the Bears. Bovada's got it at eight and a half in favor of your pack. Low number, though. I mean, which 45, that's low. I mean, I know the Bears have an inept offense, but I think if Trubisky gets in there, there's a little bit of a spark. I think yeah. it helps the fantasy value of the other Bears players, a la Allen Robinson. And David Montgomery cleared concussion protocol, so he'll be back, even though he's trash. Um, I hate starting him. He's been the just most frustrating running back to own to in fantasy. It, but you have to yeah. do it. Uh, and I just don't think the Green Bay's defense is that good. You know, The Jaguars put up points against them. I, I think this, this goes over the 45, but... Oddly, I think the Packers probably still cover, which is interesting. Yeah, yeah, I agree with all that. I've been licking my chops at this matchup all year. It's great. That was hilarious. Would you, I, as, yeah. as a Packers fan, would you rather play against Trubisky or Foles at this point, or Tyler oh. Bray? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a good question. Um, no, I, I'd rather play Foles because you're right. I mean, Mitch, I, I, you know I think that he's absolute garbage, but – he's mainly garbage relative to like what Bears fans thought he might be, you know, which is like deserving of that pick and potentially the quarterback of a contender. Like I I just never saw that with him. And and I obviously still don't, but you know, he's got like, this again, this is the theme this week. Apparently wasn't expecting that, but he's got a little bit of juice in his legs and that makes him at least slightly dangerous. And, you know, he's willing to do what we talked about with Patrick, which is like, he doesn't mind getting the ball up there, down the field and he occasionally will like find that flash of success. And so, yeah, as a Packer fan, like that, that is definitely more scary than Nick Foles, who I just think is, is like a still living statue in the pocket, you know? And so, yeah, I mean, it's a little more scary. I, as you know, am starting Mitch Trubisky in a two quarterback league. This I mean, week. good foresight from you though. I mean, you, you took advantage of the, we have a two IR in that league and you took advantage of that right after the Foles injury happens um, not knowing Joe Burrow was going to go down, but I mean, that could save your season. It. it could save your it, season. It, I mean, I'm counting on it. Cause I, there are no, there are no other outs for me at this point. So yeah, I'm, I'm banking on it. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's like, especially from a fantasy perspective, as you know, better than anyone. And you've said for a while now, like he can occasionally because of his legs, give you something, even when he sucks as much as anyone on the field. 
Um, Carson you know, Wentz. I mean, I'm dealing with it right now with him. There's a there's there a, even, even Lamar Jackson. You know, Lamar Jackson has not he's been horrible as a passer this year, but every mm-hmm. week he's going to be somewhat relevant because of what he does on it with his legs. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. And so, I mean, Steve's look with Taysom Hill, same kind of thing. I mean, Taysom's not that bad, but yeah, you've got that kind of same theme there. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I do, I just want to go to the Packers game for a second because I rewatched some of it and um, I, you know, I think that that game was like, I thought the Packers played very well in that game, certainly offensively. Like when you think of what the Colts have done to other teams, I, I think that the pack like there's a lot to, of good to take away despite the total choke and meltdown. I know that their defense isn't that good, but it's been opportunistic. They're just not going to ever turn the ball over that much, like in pretty, basically any game. And so I like, I like their chances longer term with that in mind, but they've got to find something defensively or else, you know, I, I think that they could be dead. That's their problem. Yeah. That's just, I mean, obviously the Colts are a relevant team. I just, it's a game that the Packers should win. Yeah, I thought that they would win, even, you know, down the stretch of it. And obviously, you know, it was close down the stretch and they had a chance. But I don't know. I just I feel like that's a game they, they need to. Yeah, obviously that fumble in overtime is you just can't have it. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, and they should beat the Bears, no problem. But they're going to have to win another game that they should win. Right. And th- yeah. I'm not talking about this game. I'm, I'm talking about another competitive game against another playoff team. And then I then I have on their schedule. Right, which which end, might end up being a good thing because they need to stay healthy going into the playoffs too, um, and hopefully they can rack off, rack off some wins. But um, there's just the NFC is very deep right now, and I just don't know how confident I would be in the Packers against a lot of these other teams that you know are right up there toward the top, just like they are. I think that right. they could they can hang with all of them, but I don't feel super confident that they're head and shoulders above the rest of them. No, no, I, I don't think they're above them at all. But I they should be. They, it's like they should be. They just they should be. There's just a yeah, couple couple things they're missing. You're right. You're right. Um, but you know, in that NFC, I think there's four or five teams that are all sort of bunched together, and that one seed is so so damn important that conference because, like you said, it's so deep, and just getting one last game against those other good teams is going to matter so much because, like, if you're the you know you're the three seed or four seed and have to play like you know, the six seed or the five seed instead of, you know, getting a free game. I, like, that's going to be the difference, I think. I would be very surprised if whoever is the one seed doesn't come out of the NFC for that reason alone. Good point. All right, let's finish it off with Monday night. Not a great Monday night game. That's been a theme this year. ESPN needs to do a better job in the future. But uh, Seahawks and Eagles, I mean, I guess you could say that these two teams have a chance of winning their division. Uh, Seahawks mm-hmm. road favorites, five points. I do not trust Carson Wentz to do absolutely anything. Uh, Bovada's got the number at 50, which I kind of like the over there just because the Seahawks secondary is so bad. But I just have a feeling, you know, these Seahawks, they, their defensive front has looked better since adding Carlos Dunlap as much as I oh, hate to say it. They have looked better. He wins the game and secures the victory against Arizona. I just... I, I don't know. I, I think the Seahawks win it. I, at five points to me is a lot, but I just don't trust Carson Wentz. And when he's under pressure, he makes such bad bad decisions. And I don't know where this came from. Like I feel like that like is something that this season all of a sudden. I know he's not always been like you know the 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 best decision maker in the world, but he, I never thought of him like I thought of Jameis. And he's no, I... he's right on that plane now. He leads leads the league in interceptions, and some of the interceptions he throws, it's just like he's got a guy like touch like ready to take him down and he just like throws the ball up and then like a linebacker picks it off and runs it back for six it's just like just why not just hold on to the ball or throw it away 
And it's very frustrating as a Carson Wentz owner, if you couldn't tell the frustration in my voice, to see him do that time in, time in and time out. He just does it time and time again, and I just am very frustrated watching it. But, I, again, this Eagles team, like I know I said it last week and it didn't happen against the Browns, um, but I, I, they're a team that I'm not surprised if they, they win this game at home and they're still in the driver's seat in the division, but I don't expect them to. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, like, when you line up the quarterbacks, let's just put it this way. When you line up the quarterbacks in the NFC playoffs, potentially, say they win the division, because he's clearly, they're, to me, clearly the best team in that division. I mean, it's just, we're all waiting for it to come together. But he's the one that you're most likely to want to play, right? Like, I mean, like, you, if you're, you know, the Packers, the Rams, whoever, that's the guy that you want to see in the playoffs because of because of how bad he's looked at times. And you're right. It's just I, I have very rarely seen a player regress for really no reason. And especially with the same coaching staff as as Carson Wentz. And like he's you know, the, the weapons are kind of back for him. You know, like, I mean, they've got Goddard is back and, you know, Jalen Rager's as talented a player as he's ever played with. And Miles Sanders is healthy. And, you know, there's really no excuse for them not to be better. And some of that falls on Doug Peterson. But, you know, we're seeing Doug Peterson put Jalen Hurts in the game for significant plays, similar to what Frank Reich's doing with Jacoby Brissett. And I, like, you know, if you're comping Rivers to Wentz, I think, you know, I think you've already kind of made your decision on what you think of Wentz long-term. And then, of course, they draft Hurts in the second round. Like, I mean, I think all the writing is on the wall for this to be, you know, maybe a separation in the offseason. But in the meantime, like, what happened? What I think that your your frustration is is certainly deserved. Like I have no idea what happened there. Yeah, but again, I mean, the Seahawks—they've been a team that that hasn't exactly been the pillar of consistency themselves. And even Russell <laughs> Wilson—I mean, he started out the season extremely well, and you would expect that the, the the heavy hitters on this team come and perform, especially you know the guys like DK Metcalf and, and Lockett and. Uh, obviously, they're supposed to get Chris Carson back this week as well. Um, th- this is a game where you expect those guys to all play well, but Philly, for all their faults, their defense really is not bad. And uh, that's yeah. this 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 game. It's like something's got to give. The Seahawks have a horrible secondary, and Carson Wentz stinks. And uh, you know the Philadelphia Eagles' defense is pretty strong, and and Russell Wilson has you know not been the best against good defenses at times, but he's good enough and has enough weapons that you would expect him to. So with all that being said, I still expect the Seahawks to win and cover, but uh, I, w- I would not be surprised. Again, it's not one I feel super confident in saying. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Because like, again, the, the Philly, we're just waiting for the other shooter, for Philly to turn it around the way they have in the past. But I will say about the Seahawks real quick, like they, their secondary, I thought, looked much better. And I know that some of that is what we talked about earlier, where Kyler's shoulder was clearly banged up. But, you know, they, they were flying around. Part of that was Dunlap, as you said. Like and they, Jamal they, Adams being back, too. Jamal Adams being back. He's been back, but, like, he really played well in that game. And mm-hmm. if you can take those running backs out of the picture, I mean, that really puts the pressure on the aforementioned ones. And that, you know, that's a problem. So I, I agree. I think that the Seahawks winning cover, but I wouldn't be surprised if this is one of those, like, you've got the chance to see a backdoor cover there at the end of the game. This is a potentially a well-played game. I, you know, it wouldn't shock me at all because again, I think the Eagles are, are a, a top seven team in the NFC. Like I think they would make the, the playoffs anyway, even without the benefit of a terrible division. But the fact that they aren't getting done, getting it done against that is it's scary to me. And, you know, maybe Doug Peterson's numbers or days are numbered there as well. 
Yeah, I mean, I, it's it's funny. I watched a little bit of his presser today too, and it's just kind of funny when he is asked questions about Carson Wentz. Like it's the obligatory question every week, and he just it, it's just he's you could tell he's like so fatigued by it because he doesn't want to make the change, and that the, the organization is so invested in Carson Wentz, and it's like you know you see him show flashes and. It, but it's it's impossible to ignore the fact that he's just been a bad decision maker this year. And yeah. Doug Peterson, who won a Super Bowl and you know is genuinely beloved in that in that city and organization, I think that the city's starting to wear on their their backing oh, yeah. of Doug Peterson and the coaching staff in Philadelphia. Oh, yeah. I you know I wouldn't be surprised to see them actually fire the coach that everybody hates, whereas my Bengals will never do it. Uh, to yeah. come to come full circle. Yeah. By the way, him being if that were to happen and somehow. You know, uh, you have Zach Taylor get fired like Doug Peterson, and since he would be pretty sweet to see him with Buck Burrow, that'd be that'd be cool. <sighs> One can dream. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, hey, uh, that's that's week twelve. Uh, week week eleven. Week twelve. Week twelve. Week twelve. Yeah. Okay. Week sorry. 12. Man, it's getting it's, – I'm just losing track at this point with all the games we just yeah. went through. Uh, but it is Thanksgiving week. We want you to have, uh, you know, as, as good of a time you can with your families. I know a lot of people are having to change up plans because of this COVID-19 situation. But hopefully you still get to spend some time with your families. And aren't you, you know, obviously the first Thanksgiving with your newborn, uh, very happy for you. And I know you have a lot to be thankful for this week. So uh, it's, been, it's been a fun ride and uh, we'll have a few more weeks. But I just want to make sure I, I made that known to the world. So Thanks, uh, congrats Likewise. to you. All right, for for Anshu Kana, week 12 will be in the books as of the next time we record. Enjoy it. Fantasy playoffs on the horizon. Our time has come to an end on the Underdog Sports Fantasy Hour. We'll see you guys next week.